Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by Betsperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive Playoff Edition. Why are you laughing? Do you not know how long the opening song is? You had, it- I can see you, and you were like 10 seconds earlier. Like, <laughs> you were sitting there holding the, the W. Like, I'm, I'm like, I, I, run I, I, I'm on my phone, and I wasn't really, I don't, I didn't really have, I wasn't paying attention that the tracker shows on the bottom progress. And yeah. I, I thought it was, there, I thought it was after Joe Burrow, but no, it's, it's I forgot they show us, and then they do the, the whale logo. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's, it's prolonged. It's, um, it's a crazy day, man. Uh, all this, uh, all this NFL news got me thinking about retiring. Uh, should I be, you know, hanging it up, uh, heading out to pasture? Uh, you know, it's a very, very changing of the guard day, man. Tomlin, man. Tomlin could have just joined in. <laughs> yeah, well, he's got a game plan to work on, man, because uh, he's yeah. in the playoffs, unlike uh, everyone else who retired today. Um, I don't know. You think retired? Is that a fair word for Belichick and Carroll or what? Belichick's still the the head coach of the Patriots, man. Yeah, but like you, you kind of. I know it's just yeah. crazy that it just. It, it, <laughs> there's there a couple weird ones. The fact that that one's taking so long. The Wink Martindale thing, where I don't know. If Ooh, that's won. a good one. I, I think he was afforded different opportunities if he were fired rather than quitting, since he, you know, I think he wanted to go to have a job elsewhere, despite despite it all so i don't know a lot of weird stuff we'll get into all the coaching stuff we'll give it all time to breathe we'll probably do some maybe a bye week that's what we do bye week uh coaching talk casey brown stroud boys unite uh yes let's get out the tiki torches let's march on houston uh, <laughs> it is. Uh, it's gonna be a great weekend, man. Um, these wild card games, my god, good matchups, good. man. Oh, they good. Um, if you want the TLDL, too long didn't listen to this podcast. I think every dog is live except Miami. I think a bunch of the totals are too high. Uh, and um, yeah, I think we're headed for some chaos this weekend. I think the playoff picture could look very different. Uh, come uh tuesday morning once we finish monday night game <clears throat> still yeah very annoyed that uh that there's a monday night game but we won't know all of the uh all the matchups after sunday's primetime game do you want to do the deep dive um, after the monday halftime podcast i was gonna say so it's fun two things turn off bitched about the same thing and it's funny because when, <laughs> when he said it is like man i was thinking it too like i love having more games spread out is fine but it sucks yeah. having like monday it, it does suck i'd rather have a friday like make it a friday game make make yeah. whatever uh the monday one it just takes long but yeah we should we don't want to do like our sunday recap look at next week's show until we've had all six games so i'm fine doing it monday night yeah let's do our normal where we go halftime for monday night football yep. and then right into our uh our typical uh, early have, like, line production. deep death we have production meetings right here. Although we're going to miss three, we're going to miss three of the four openers. Should we just do it after Sunday? Um, here's do... the thing. Let's spend a little bit of time on Sunday night. Well, we're only going to have two what... openers at that point, right? We may oh, have we one. Have... We may have one. <laughs> yeah, we, we might have to take this off the air and figure something out. Shit. Yeah. Let, we'll we'll sort it out. We have time. This is just a we'll pain. let you know. I mean, the it NFL has really problem. screwed us, the content guys. That that's really what this boils down to. Oh, and there is a Manning <laughs> cast on Monday too, which I enjoy. 
Yeah. Yeah. The, I'd rather uh, have three and three. And also just kind of going back to that, I think Barry Horse was the one who was all over this too. But the fact that they did this and they're capable of doing it, why don't we have like five noon games and five 3 p.m. games every Sunday? Like is and maybe somebody who's smarter than me with business can explain. Is there something better about having a commercial on during a noon game than a three three thirty whatever? If four thirty one, if you're East Coast, like is that more desirable for a sponsor? And that's the fact that it's always split like seventy thirty. I don't understand why. Why not just have? So I know we don't have that many West Coast teams, but just, I don't know. Vikings Bears can be a three o'clock game. I don't care. <laughs> I, I like that. I like that a ton. Having it. Split. Oh yeah, of course. There's, you know that that Sunday scary feeling, or that you know that bummer feeling you get after the holidays are over. Like that's the three o'clock feeling you get sometimes when there's like three games and two of them are horrid, or you know yeah. just sometimes there's three bad games in the late slot. So I love that a lot. We'll figure out the schedules for later. We got all we got all weekend. Okay. Well, Just let's take turns. Let's, let's let's alternate here, setting up these handicaps for these six games this week. Um, yeah. Do you want to go one three five or do you want to lead two four six? You go first, and I go first. I go first. I think we should do a snake draft. Snake draft? No. <laughs> no. No. Just pick one. You want one three five age, or two age four six? Age before beauty. You uh, right. take the first one. <clears throat> Fair enough. Uh, we start on Saturday with the early slot. Um, the uh, the ha- sh- shout out to Bill Simmons and on cousin Sal for the Shakey's Pizza game, uh, the uh, the early Saturday game, uh, and uh, <clears throat> yeah, Joe Flacco and company. We haven't seen him in a week. Uh, people I don't understand in that, that reference. <laughs> the Shakey's Pizza. I I've heard of it. Oh, but a million like, years ago. Yeah, a million years ago, they would always have their fantasy football like awards party or something, the end of season party at Shakey's Pizza on Saturday morning during the or Saturday early. No, I'm not a the, huge. I, I, no. I do the rewatchables. I'm not a huge Simmons guy. I do. Oh, okay. I do have trivia though. The the French restaurant featured in uh, Ferris Bueller. The yes. two words. The two words. If you say them, it's a it's Shakey's. Like it's, a, it's a it's a joke about that. I just, I've I never been to a shakies. All right, but anyway, it. there's a game. Yeah, Joe Flacco. In the time we have not seen Joe Flacco, his uh, legend has grown to mythic proportions. I'm not sure if you know this, but the market now treating him like he is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Uh, it's yeah. surely elite. Um, he is laying two and a half points on the road against the Houston team that we saw um, come through in lucky fashion, ultimately on the road against the Colts. But I will say. Um, there are whiffs of this line at currently two and a half and at times this week, three, uh, which to me show bias towards Cleveland, likely on the basis of people expecting the playoff debutante CJ Stroud to underperform. I know Houston is dealing with a bevy of injuries, but I think a full week, uh, to regroup off of the Saturday game last week will be helpful. Um, you know, this is a, this is an interesting one where you've seen the total get bet up from 43 and a half to 44 and a half. I disagree. I think the opener was more correct there. Um, and, uh, you know, part of my thinking in terms of attacking this game is, uh, you know, the dog in this one has the better quarterback and is at home. Yeah. Kinda and obviously, there. so we've had this, you know, everyone and their sisters talked about the splits with the Cleveland defense playing worse away from home. Some of that, I feel like if you go look at that splits, it just some of their road games were against tougher teams, better quarterbacks. Sure. Like, I just, I feel like 
I feel like the split isn't completely um, maybe explained by, oh, they play better at home for prep or the refs mm-hmm. or I don't know what, what that is. I think a lot of it is just the opponents matched up better at home or they, they ended up with backup quarterbacks and some yeah. easier games in Cleveland. They had the advantage of some weather games that played into their hand before they got yep. Flacco going. They were not a team that was going to outscore you. They needed that defense to play well and just play ball control. So it's kind of a weird split. I still believe it's a very, very good defense. I, bl- uh, I couldn't in- agree more. Yeah. Injury wise, we haven't got, uh, you know, we haven't got a lot of news out of anything. There's kind been, you know, it's been very annoying, especially one of these games. Another reason we're annoyed about the Monday game is you get a day later on all the injury reports for that game. Some of the Saturday <laughs> teams. So, I mean, everyone's doing like they've been through walkthroughs. Yeah, with preseason, we're 20 weeks deep into playing football. There's walkthroughs. So a lot of it is like, here's, you know, the estimated. <laughs> estimated injury report. These guys would have been limited. We don't actually get to see, is this guy running at full speed? You know, there's no beat reporters letting us know like, hey, the ankle looks good or he had a brace on here. It's all estimated stuff. So it's very tough to tell, especially like you said, with Houston's injury report being, you know, a mile and a half long. And truthfully, like there's some things to monitor on the Cleveland side too. And Newsom, um, they said – it was light light Tuesday practice for Houston. Bunch of guys didn't practice, obviously. And then the Wednesday, you know, do not do not practice, do not resuscitate, did not practice list for Cleveland on Tuesday was all the like Newsom didn't practice, Thornhill didn't practice, the kicker is still hurt. Um uh, Amari Cooper was a DNP, but he said he would have played last week if it were a game that would have mattered. He said he was good to go, would have gone. I believe him. I think that matters quite a bit that he's saying he's 100% ready to go because before he did have that heel injury, we saw the breakout game. And I think that's the one thing that's kind of stuck in my craw here because I'm with you. I think there's some slight value to Houston because we're getting the market reacting to the debutante coach, the debutante quarterback, the debutante play caller, the fact that they're probably one of the worst teams in the playoffs. But at the same time, it's like, man, I know Flacco's made some mistakes, but you go look at the explosive play rates before and after. You go look at the pass, the yards per play, the yards per attempt, everything compared to what we saw in the the mismatch of you know the other quarterbacks that played for this team before Flacco came in. And you go look at what the you know what the Houston defense has been susceptible to. It's like, man, I I'm with you. Like my my general thoughts are: Houston is live. The teaser is good. The total is going the wrong way. But at the same time, I've doubted. You know, I've doubted Joe Flacco a couple times during this stretch, and he's gone out there and put up big yardage. They're not gonna. You know, they're not gonna rein that in. It's an indoor game. I, I think the the Cleveland offense probably moves pretty easily here, at least through the air, and finds a couple big plays to Cooper. So. I'm probably abstaining outside of a teaser in this one. Hmm. Um, I I, choose, I've seen the, yeah. the threes got eaten up. It, it felt early in the week, the threes were getting eaten, and then the two and a half. So there was a little bit of a bounce back and forth. And I wondered if this total would move at all because I thought there was pretty decent cases for both sides. But it has ticked up. We're at 44 and a half and pretty much two and a half across the board. So the folks taking Houston plus three have won the battle for now. Yeah. And I think ultimately, um, 
the fact that Cleveland was a little bit of an unknown quantity last time they played Houston and Houston went in there with Case Keenum, it's enough for me to kind of excuse that performance. Um, now that they've seen that offense once and they know a little bit better what to prepare for, I would expect Houston's defense does a little bit better here. Uh, Houston's run defense was a no-show against Indy. That's a bit concerning. Um, Houston's D-line was very injured versus Indy. That's a bit concerning. But uh, they do get a draw here against an offensive line that's down to like their sixth and seventh tackles. So um, there's a chance that they can generate a little bit of pressure, turn Flacco into a statue. Flacco, for whatever it's worth, like, yeah, he's been a breath of fresh air relative to the other quarterback options for the Browns, but he's still, you know, far removed from his highest quality play as a professional. Um, I think ultimately this is going to be a competitive game. I think it's going to be lower scoring than the market thinks. Uh, And I think ultimately um, the fact that Bobby Slowick – you know, for all you want to fault him in terms of some of his sequencing, some of his decision making, uh, he has been phenomenally solid when it comes to providing um, CJ Stroud with an offensive passing plan that protects him from susceptible, you know, from severe pressure. And that's kind of the key for Cleveland's defense, which is they, you know, they create havoc plays via, you know, pass rush. And, um, you know, Jim Schwartz's defense is amazing, but. I think Slow can counter that to the tune of them at least getting out of those plays and having instead of having massive negative plays, they're at least kind of just, you know, neutral plays and, you know, maybe third downs don't get converted very often. And there's more punts, but um, <clears throat> I think ultimately this is Houston and under. And I think I feel pretty weak about about every single play I made this week. These are included. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, let's go Texans, I guess. The one thing about, I guess, one other thing I want to bring up: um, there were people banning, you know, people circulating the uh, the playoff debutante stuff, like always. And yeah. while you never know how a guy's going to fare under that crucible of pressure until they do it, I think a lot. The truth of the matter is, a lot of guys don't fare well under that crucible. We have seen C.J. Stroud at the college level in the uh in the playoff against georgia and we have seen him now in the must win level on the road at indy perform at a level that is just immaculate and i think expecting cj stroud to bottle it because this is his first playoff game is lunacy um i would also say that like you don't need any examples beyond joe burrow who in his first playoff run went to the super bowl and realistically could have won um, you know, this is not, it would not be crazy to see CJ Stroud put together a couple of good games of football, uh, and really shock the world and, and make a deep run here. So we'll see if Houston can be healthy in this one, the wide receiving core health and the D line health are the two most important injury groups to watch. And, uh, I'm just kind of banking on both of those groups being reasonably healthy heading into this contest in my, uh, in my betting plan. Yeah. I, I don't think like Will Anderson or Laramie Tunsil is going to be healthy until summer. Those yeah. guys are just – they're injured. They're going to be in the injury report all week long. They might not practice, and then they just come out and play. And you might not get 100%. You might not get more than 15, 20 snaps at Anderson, but they're going to be there. Obviously, Noah Brown is important, but it seems like other guys have been able to step up over the course of the year when they've had you know injuries to the wide receiver. But, like, the Shaq Mason, Jerry Hughes, Rankins, bunch of guys, DNP on Tuesday – Need some updates on that injury. My only issue, and I'm with you. I think Stroud. Well, I don't know. Go look at go look at Stroud versus Michigan. We we all we all gravitate towards that Georgia game, but he had bad games in big spots in college. It wasn't uh, it wasn't all roses. It was that was you know by far his best game of his career, and it wasn't terribly close 
almost to the point of like, holy shit, what's happening? Why is he playing this good? How is this game close? Why why is this, you know, why why are they kicking this long field goal? My God, they could have gotten closer. It was such a good game. Um, my only issue would not be with Stroud. It would be this coaching staff. I'm not a super big Ryans and Slowick guy. Just based off what, you know, they've kind of come to the forefront a little more over the second half of the season because this team went from, you know, a team that was expected to finish pretty low in the division to, holy shit, this is a, this is a three-team race. This is a good team. This is a team that's going to do some things. I know they had some injuries, and that sucked having to start Keenum. But, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, Milf Hunter's bringing it out. Stroud was probably held back by Ryan Day. I don't think much has changed. <laughs> I, I, I honestly think they're holding him back a little to – we mentioned it last week with some of the running and some of the run plays and run scheme and the play sequencing wasn't great, I didn't think. And honestly, I, I wonder if that's what's going to hold them back in this game versus a team that can they can move it through the air. So, yeah, the keys to the game is like that pass, yeah, that pass rush has to get there against Flacco. Otherwise, they're going to get into a, a bit of a – you know, track me, and that's not yeah. That's a very fair point. Yeah, I'm gonna feel pretty miserable if uh, Flacco is standing back there and dropping dimes forty yards downfield. I think both my bets lose, but uh, hopefully that's not how this goes. Uh, you want to set the table for the Dolphins heading to Kansas City in the Peacock game? Yeah, the the old folks will be mad about this because it's on streaming, just like we did ten years ago, and ESPN took Monday Night Football or whatever. But uh, I mean. It, what do you not have Peacock at this point, guys? Aren't all the like all the Sunday games are on Peacock, right? Or is that on NBC too? And I'm both, just because yeah. I'm streaming it. I think it's they're cool. on both. <laughs> you should be watching. You, you guys should be watching Poker Face. It's great. Um, but yeah, have Amazon, have Peacock. You need have to you watch seen, um, football. Have you seen the Damon Lindelof uh, series on Peacock? By the way, Slow Horses. No, uh, no that's that's Apple. That's Apple Plus. Somebody recommended that the other day. Uh, Damon, Damien Lindelof, obviously of, of, uh, leftovers fame, uh, yeah. created a show with the gal from glow. Um, it's very good. The glamorous it's ladies of wrestling. Yeah. It's very weird, but it was, it was very enjoyable. I'm going uh, to, I'll have to find limited it. series. Yeah. It's right up your alley. Anyway. Um, I'm a, the, the people have been pushing me towards Fargo. I did take in some Fargo and I will Ooh, say nice. the television, the television show Fargo is, I believe it was called Mrs. Brown or Miss Brown. I don't know. Anyway. Very good. I've, anyway. I've thoroughly enjoyed Fargo. Miami will head to Kansas City. This is a game that has taken some action one way. Um, I told you this uh, early in the week, like my initial numbers from last, like kind of my composites. I had to do power rankings weird, power ratings because of the week 18 weirdness we had. Mm-hmm. So I kind of did some composite ratings for 17, 18. And I said, oh, I show a little value on Miami at like three, three and a half. Like, I could take a look at that. And then I updated my numbers. I updated for the injuries. They essentially ended, you know, three guys' season ended last week on the yeah. defensive side. I know one was more special teams, but that's, that doesn't help. I did upgrade this and, or update this, and I was closer to a four. So the fact that this has moved Kansas City's way doesn't, uh, I guess, doesn't surprise me a ton. This total, I think this is holding pretty steady. I mean, did it drop a little? I didn't really take too close of a look at this total because I tend to stay away from Miami totals altogether. It came down to forty-four, like, but there's you know it's not 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 a not a not with authority. 
Um, yeah, so. not a not a ton of uh, conviction in any of the moves there, but I think the biggest story outside of the Miami defensive injuries and obviously Waddle and Mostert is probably the weather. And I know some of these guys are not – not everyone grew up and lived in South Florida their entire lives, but this is a Florida team heading into a game that is supposed to be zero degrees by the time we hit the third or fourth quarter. We could be looking at you know wind chills because there's going to be some decent 15, 20 mile an hour winds. We could be looking at wind chills well below zero. Um, yeah, so th- I, I do want after we talk about this game, I want to talk about the market in general. I don't I don't want to interrupt our trains of thoughts on this one, but like K- Kansas City, I don't know the the defense has carried them a little, and I know they had some pieces that got hurt, kind of quarter pole of the season. We saw a little bit of a lapse in that and it's come back it's come back into a spot where i trust this defense um they're getting some pieces back at wide receiver i'm not so excited about like oh we're getting canarius tony healthy and that's going to fix anything but like if it was a spot last week where we didn't get a lot of information on some of those guys like tony and rice you know they're out last week in a game where people were healing up uh, although justin ross did hurt his hamstring did not return so monitor that uh, Legereus Sneed. Let's see, what is he like? The sixth option though, passing. Yeah, I, that's the thing. It it, it varies like <clears throat> every time. Like, hey, they thrown it to Sky Moore a bunch today, and obviously he's out. He's on the Legereus Sneed matters. He was limited in practice today. Keep an eye on that. Otherwise, Kansas City's fairly healthy. But I, like I said, Baker done for the year. Van Ginkle done for the year. Good done for the year. Linebacker, linebacker, linebacker. Um, Xavier Howard. the early. Saving Howard not playing Justin Houston name. That's a name that <laughs> he was signed. Uh, it was an estimation for the Tuesday injury. Justin report, Houston Waddle, signed by Miami. Really? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> they're, they're just hoarding like uh, just guys who extra are on guy pass, for, for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. Pass rushers. So, yeah. And that's the thing, like the good point by Thailand sport better. Jesus. You guys have the worst names. All of you. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Like if you have a, if you have a, hurt hamstring there's nothing like a super cold game to help that stay warm and not snap again yeah um not super interested in taking this now that we've missed uh missed a little bit of the boat like you said this is the so you say this is your least favorite dog but if 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 waddle and mostert are healthy i don't see why this team can't run sure this, this team has run like uh, uh, HN and Mostert have been very, very good on the ground. Yeah, it's a fragile it's crazy because the minute you're at a deficit, what do you do? It, you know, it's crazy. Well, I mean, you have some nice fallback options in Hill and maybe Waddle, but like that's what I'm saying is I don't think they need to live and die with Hill and Waddle. Uh, if they're able to get this running game going, they should be able to uh, look, hang with this team. What what percent what percent Hill life. and what percent Waddle do you think show up? Because I think the, there's a, you should be accounting for both of them at reduced strength, particularly Hill. Um, it is, by the way, yeah, funny a, that it's funny that the Dolphins. But, all right, that's fair. I, I, it's funny that the Dolphins are on like in season hard knocks or whatever, and yet it took Tyreek Hill's house catching on fire to learn that he's in a walking boot. Did yeah. you like honestly like that? Everybody's first reaction to Tyree Kill's house was on fire. Was like he's wearing a walking boot, and I was like, "Wow, how did they keep that a secret?" But um, yeah, surely we knew he got hurt in that Titans game. He's got you know he's he picked up a second injury last week, uh, so he's a mess. Um, Waddle similarly, I doubt is at full strength here. I, like, look, if this game was 
both teams at full strength, which you know Kansas City practically is. And if it was in a neutral conditions on a neutral in a neutral stadium with neutral rest, I would have the set of pick them. But when you combine the injuries to Miami with the cold weather, with the extra rest that Kansas City was afforded by having a bye last week, effectively, this should be closer to seven, I think. And so it, moving from three and a half to four and a half, I think, was correct. Uh, the total is actually kind of more interesting. I didn't realize, like, Bookmaker opened this at 46. It got bet down to 43 and then back up to 44. So somebody obviously captured a humongous middle and is keyed on 44 here. They would uh, they would obviously love to see it land 44 and, and uh, square that middle. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Kansas City – I mean, Miami is the only – dog i think that is not live because my it's the only dog that i think is not bettable um every other game i think is lined a little too favorably in favor of the favorite uh this one i think where there was room to bet the favorite and i have some kansas city money line in round robins but that's it yeah so not really discussed but two has never <clears throat> started a playoff game true this was, uh, and we do know how he year, performs in high leverage. <laughs> who was? Who oh, he came off the bench, maybe. Um, Skyler Guy, Thompson was last. Skyler Thompson, Thompson was, yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, we did get the Skyler Thompson game out of the way. He has his stinker out of the way if they still have him <laughs> he was sitting fine. around somewhere. But he was fine. He almost beat um, Buffalo. Yeah, I was going to say that game. You know, all three playoff debutants last year covered their. Their ATS number, including Skyler, and God, there was another one that was like a, a three point game. It was ugly, but uh, my main qualm, and I just just to play a little devil's advocate, is teams have been able to run against this team, this Chiefs team. It does not have a good; they don't have good defensive rushing metrics. And I guess we'll find out a little bit about Mike McDaniel because if he tries to, you know, get away from that and push the ball downfield right away against some good secondary pieces and, you know, with Hill and Waddle, not at a hundred percent. And he just tries to force things like that. Then I don't know, like live betting kind of says, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Kansas city in the under at that point. But if he is running, you know, a plus EV rushing scheme, like we've seen in the past, Miami's Miami's not so dead. And I think, I think I'm going to be live betting this one because I'm pretty much basing on this one, how it goes, uh, based on what Mike McDaniel does with this offense, because I don't know, where, and I don't know where Mostert is. Like if Mostert's a full practice on Friday, and granted, I should, I guess it would be Thursday because it's a Saturday game. So if Mostert's a full practice tomorrow, and like he's spry, and him and Ashan look spry, I don't know. I, I I would wonder if there'd be a little Miami money that would enter the market. Okay. Okay. Um, McDon- McDaniel thing is interesting to me because like his like lazy is like player forward approach. Like if you have one little dip in the road, like he's the kind of guy that will get you back up the next week. Right. But Miami yeah. is kind of veered entirely off the cliff at this point. And I don't know how his shtick will be received in the locker. Room. You know, <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not as fun to have the, the sassy nerd when you're getting no. the shit kicked out of you. Exactly. Sassy I would I, yeah, I feel like, bad for that. No, that's 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 very appropriate, I think. Um and so yeah, McDaniel having that locker room up for this game is tough for me to really see. Uh this could this one could be awful. Pretty ugly, pretty, pretty uh, lopsided in my opinion. Uh for what it's worth last year. Tyler Hundley covered the closing number, I believe, for Baltimore, but not the opener. It opened at six and a half, and it landed seven. Um, Skylar Thompson closed the buff, you know, closed the number in Buffalo. Um, you had two debutantes with uh, um, 
T-Law and uh, Herbert. You had two debutantes with Purdy and Gino. And, uh, of course, the playoff debutante that did the best was Mr. Daniel Jones, who not only covered the three but won outright in Minnesota. Uh, so, yeah, it was a good year to be a, a new quarterback in the playoffs. To be fair, that was just a bad number. <laughs> Minnesota's defense was so bad. They were really, really bad. So, very true. That game, um, that game went over, right? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, let's uh, save more thoughts on Kansas City for next week since the market seems pretty compelled to give us Kansas City Buffalo. And let's talk about Buffalo, who is sitting at 10 point favorites against Pittsburgh. There was early push pull here that pushed uh, this number to nine and then straight back up to 10 at Chris with big boy limits. So there is um, there are two sides in this market. I am on oh. the dog side. Um, the number has gotten battered down to 36, although there was some buyback at 35, I guess. So somebody's trying to corner that part of the uh, total middle market. Um, I just don't think Buffalo's offense is good enough to be warranting 10 point favorites here. Buffalo's defense is fine, but they can be had on the ground, particularly off tackle, which is where Pittsburgh wants to attack. Um, I think this could be a pretty competitive game. Uh, and honestly, the fact that Buffalo bottled a playoff game at home last year against Skylar Thompson, almost lost, and then did lose to Joe Burrow in impressive fashion, can be a little bit of nerves with the Buffalo beef, Buffalo Bills. Um, Josh Allen is the more, I think, likely quarterback to have a turnover in this game, which is saying a lot because Mason Rudolph, I mean, for what we know from years past, is not a good quarterback. But he has threaded together some pretty – good performances he's at least playing mistake free he is capable of attacking down the field now the wind is going to be so vicious in buffalo i doubt anyone's attacking down the field even big big arm josh allen um so this may come down to josh allen being aggressive on the ground and, and kind of forcing his way to victory via scrambles um if buffalo wins if buffalo yeah. wins i think it's just going to be it's going to be narrow like a game a total this low whether this gross 10 points is just, it's a, it's a, it's a chasm. <laughs> it is, an, it is so much space between these two teams. And if this was lousy Mitch Trubisky or even shitty Kenny Pickett, maybe uh, 10 points is fair, but uh, I think this is, uh, you know, ought to be more like, uh, this ought to be more like seven, seven and a half. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see what Josh Allen's rushing prop is in this one, because I would think that would be something you have to unleash. And if not, you know, on purpose, via scrambles i haven't talked about my numbers a bunch other than the fact that i you know i did have to move the miami number a lot off of uh last week was just some of the uncertainty the fact that we're not getting the 100 receivers and the, the defensive injuries but this was one where right away i said i better grab this 10 now <laughs> like i did not i'm i'm gobsmacked that this it continues to get bat back when it gets to nine and a half i guess um, some people have some faith in Buffalo here, but with this low total, and like you said, this is another one where they they project out kind of the, in the same spot as probably Kansas City at this point. Now that they're healthier in the back, you know, th there was a, a middle of the season, early season where they were really thin at safety. They did mm -hmm. lost a corner already. They had another corner that was beat up, and the secondary was pretty rough. But I mean, that affected that affected the run as well. But it's the same as Kansas City where they've tightened up a little. Their secondary is okay. It's a decent defense, but yeah, they can be run against. And just like Drew said, they can be run against outside an yeah. outside zone scheme. Um, it's going to eat them up like it has been. And I don't know, like you don't want to ask, you don't want to push your luck with Mason Rudolph. I don't know what Tomlin's no. thought process here, but you've gotten three pretty decent games out of this guy. 
yeah. let's not ask the world out of them in a you know a road playoff game like this yeah. and kind of stick not not only that but we kind of thought Najee Harris was going to get usurped here for carries and I don't know the last month but it's just a two it's just a two headed monster yeah well and I, I wonder too if just him having Warren there and they you know oh Warren's eating yeah. into his carries Warren's eating you know what Warren eating into his carries did. Kept him preserving fresh. his legs. Yeah. yeah, no, he, <laughs> yeah. Looks, he yeah. looks a lot better. So, I mean, if we can get 70% of the Mason Rudolph we've got the last three weeks and Warren and Harris look like they have over the basically the course of the season against defenses like this, I don't understand how they don't. I mean, I, I guess how we lose this is a, you know, we're like, man, Steelers had 380 yards, went 0 for 5 in the red zone. Lost yeah, by eleven. That's like, not crazy. Like, that's, <laughs> that's not I guess that's our path. Our path to lose here. But no, this is this hey, is when I bet. This is when I like two, quite a bit. Okay. Plus ten. Okay, so if you if you like this, two important questions for you. The first is how many points is TJ Wentworth? Two. Okay, that's fair. I don't think that's crazy. I would have a one and a half too. Uh, second important question is um, I, I, for I those put of it up you who are listening in podcast. Because- yeah, for those of you listening to the podcast, for Trent Andy gave me, two, the, gave, gave me the, uh, the peace oh, sign for shit, two. Oh, yeah. shit, can't hear that. <laughs> for two. But, uh, um, I, I, I did lean a little heavier because Minka and Trenton Thompson are hurt, too. Minka's trending so like, in. Yeah, I, I know. But, I know. For the first time since the knee injury. The fact that they're missing some important pieces, like the more hurt okay. the defense is, the, well, the more it's... Well, you are. Although, I'm calling Cam Hayward looks damn good. It's the Alex Highsmith game. He's TJ Watt's been overshadowing him and it's been holding him back five sacks i can't and cam it's the cam hayward game because buffalo seems inclined to really get lean into the run and that's not going to work with cam hayward out there that guy's a monster all right second oh, important question although, for you real quick okay good yeah no go ahead i don't know two two is a lot i think two is kind of based on a average uh, an average total like mm. Two points, whatever the win percentage difference is for two points on like a total of 42. Yeah. So it's a little okay. less because it's total so low. Okay. So uh, second question is where do you lean in terms of who has the intangibles here? Is it the Tomlin voodoo or the McDermott jihad? Oh, God. I didn't think you were going to do that. I didn't think you were going to do that. Somebody, somebody pointed that out. He's like, <laughs> there was just a tweet because of all the crazy stuff that's been happening in the NFL and then all the retirements. And like, man, we're going to look back in 20 years and talk about like how the McDermott 9-11 speech was like a turning point for sports. <laughs> What's um, weird is that it happened in like 2019 in the preseason or something. Like this happened a million years ago. And the guy know, this was like just brought it up because he has a personal axe to grind with McDermott. And he was like trying to get him, you know, put some, put some heat on his seat because McDermott's, you know, because the team was performing poorly. They were six and six. And he was like, ah, I've been waiting to release this story. This is going to look so bad. Uh, But really that happened like four years ago. (laughs) So it's not super relevant (laughs) except for the fact that they're undefeated since that story came out. Um, they circled the wagons, so to speak. Um, um, obviously, Tomlin has more experience, but McDermott's a good coach. And as some smart people on the internet have pointed out, the offensive coordinator change has probably, you know, like it's not been better. It's just they've had better results. Like honestly, for for both teams, like I, I don't know that I don't know that either team like made some huge stride by this is the. 
replace your offensive coordinator and make it to the playoffs bowl. Yeah, that's a great call. Wow. <laughs> and <laughs> yes, and I don't right. I don't think either I don't think either move was like, oh, this is what unlocked things, or like now we're a lot better. Like no. the both teams have been well, you know, maybe. I mean, for all we know, Canada was like determined to get Kenny Pitt, make Kenny Pickett a thing. And if he forced Kenny Pickett in the last two weeks instead of letting Mason Rudolph play, maybe they wouldn't be here. Yeah. I don't know. That's the thing. Like, I, I really had written this team off when they finally went to Mason Rudolph because everything yeah, we too. saw, everything we saw from like him, you know, in previous iterations of him oh, starting. That, you remember how game, bad that Colts game was? The so Steelers bad. were useless. Oh, yeah. So bad. And the Steelers. I, I, the Steelers as a team were just broken in that Colts game. And Ru- it was like, oh, yeah, Mason Rudolph's really going to save the day here. Well, he lit the shit up when he went uh played uh, the Bengals and the Seahawks, two of the worst defenses in the NFL. So now I believe in him. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. Anyway, yeah. and I, table I, and on, uh, we've, we've mentioned it numerous times. I will give Brady credit, Joe Brady, for some of the game plans and how it's worked out. So maybe that was an upgrade up there in Buffalo, but, like, I don't know, just the fact that they stumbled into a Mason Rudolph who took this many years to figure it out, I guess. Mason Rudolph is a poor man's Jake Browning. Yep, very, very fair. Um, so you want to set the table for Packers, Packers boys? The Packers and the boys. This one is sitting at, uh, let me get the timestamp, 37-37. That's easy, easy to remember. This total ticked up. It tested 51, came back down. There were some sevens. Um, I believe we had seven for a bit at some of the, maybe some of the softer books. But for the most part, this is sitting seven and a half. Um, this is my weakest dog. And number not only numbers-wise, but matchup-wise and – mostly Dallas offense versus Green Bay defense matchup wise, where I see Green Bay has a Green Bay can have like a, you know, a B plus day on offense and Mm -hmm. lose by 15. Sure. Because if their defense has an average day and Allen and Dallas brings any sort of a game. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know how Chicago bungled this last week and didn't play well. We've seen it week in and week out. This defense can be had even with Jair back, even with, uh, you know, Devondre Campbell, and it's still not a good defense. And, I mean, you should just uh, – I don't understand why CD wouldn't have, like, 15 targets here. I understand why everybody oh, – the tight end should eat. Everything should eat. Like, we've seen it across the middle. We've seen him get beat deep. We've seen him not be able to stop the run at times. Like, you got to just pick whatever you decide you think you're best at and do that because Green Bay has been almost equally bad against the run and the pass. It's a bottom five defense for me, and I think it's going to be America's no, – it's America's team. It's America's teaser. <laughs> like it's, it's a home game. I think the Packers America. are the America's teaser buster, honestly. Yeah. Um, I think everyone's yeah. gonna have this teaser, man. I believe it. Um, uh, All so, right, I'd, I'd love embrace debate. I'd love to okay. hear how Green Bay keeps the offense um, in check. These two teams are the same team. They're the same team, Andy. Um, okay. The offenses are both top five. The quarterbacks are both top five. The skill position groups are both dynamic and deep and have multitudes. If anything, I would say that the running attack for Green Bay is better. If anything, I would say the offensive line for Green Bay is better and healthier. Uh, I think that both defenses are suspect. I agree with you that Green Bay's defense is more sus. 
Um, but we saw, for instance, in Thanksgiving Day game, if Green Bay can generate a positive game state here, their pass rush can definitely get home and make a difference. Uh, and so I don't think that there is um, – I don't think that there's not a left tail here where Green Bay plays well enough early to generate a lead, puts, you know, puts Dallas in a little bit of hurt, hurt locker. Um, I will say that uh, you know the, the pass rush is really all the Green Bay defense has going for them, and they are so soft over the middle of the field that C.D. Lamb probably destroys them and scores three touchdowns on his damn self by him damn self. Um, but I think this is a, a very potentially a very competitive matchup, um, and I tilt in favor of Green Bay at seven and a half pretty cleanly because of the advantage in the trenches and the advantage with the coaching. Uh, if this comes down to a game is close, it's one possession in the end. I have more faith than in uh, Matt LaFleur uh, having some positive answers here. He's kind of revised his uh, aggressiveness substantially this year. It's gone under talked about, but he is now a go for it guy in the middle of the field. Um, and he is better with end of game clock management than Mike McCarthy, who and that could literally be there undoing this year. So I mean, he can't, he can't, he can't. <laughs> I can't argue with any of that. Like, <laughs> no, hey, Mike. I don't know. What do you want me to say? Like, Mike, Mike McCarthy as a play caller. God, I would love my yeah. my dream. What's my dream coaching staff right now? It's probably Flores, DC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like, I almost said Mike McCarthy is no C. I really like his play calling. I hate his coaching. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. probably yeah, it's probably Daniel or you know McVay, Shanny, one of those guys for my OC. Sure, sure. I, I'm not sure there's a good head coach in the league. I'm not sure there's any anymore. I don't know if I like <laughs> any of them. Who's, who's, who right, do well, you think the best head coach is? In like in, in that in not oh, in not in, in the that. whole thing, in game decision making, not screwing things up late. Man, Steichen's in the conversation for sure. Who, who impresses you? Um, like, oh, they they clearly have made the right call like three or four times in a row in this game. It feels like there's just nobody oh, man. consistently, you know, like Dan Campbell is just by accident. He's just uber aggressive. Yeah, he's, the most he's just, that just works out. Yeah. yeah. I've, I, I thought Kevin O'Connell was going to skew aggressive, but we've seen some bad calls from him. Even, you know, obviously McVeigh and Shanahan have had their issues in the playoffs at points. Yeah. McCarthy goes without saying Belichick's never been yeah. super aggressive. Harbaugh, maybe. Yeah, Harbaugh, Zach with Taylor, Har- Shane Steichen. Um, I don't Doug hate Zach Peterson, Nick Sirianni. Si- Sirianni doesn't count because he has a he has a draw four card on every fourth and one. Did I just hit you? What happened with the lights there? What happened there? I have no idea. They went off. Was that a UFO? <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Well, good answer. Right. Good answer. Yeah, I know your points, are good your points. Your points are fair. Yeah, um, um, your points but are fair. I, I, my my closing thought on this one is. That's why I'm not laying it. I don't trust. I'm with you there. I, I agree. I make this value. I have Dallas sure. favored by 8.6. Sure. I think I should, you know, my numbers say I should be betting this, but I'm in the same boat as you. I do not trust McCarthy late if he's up, yeah. you know, in the neighborhood. Let, let's say he's up in the neighborhood of 8 to 14. I don't trust him at all to make the right decisions to close that game out and get a cover. Mostly because he doesn't care. Why would he care at that point? Yeah, you know he just wants yeah. to win the game. Um, I mean, there's, teams there's, are not yeah, incentivized to win by eight. But my fair makes this value, and my fair also likes this over a bit. So okay. I'm probably looking at a Dallas team total over, even if it's like okay thirty. 
that's not crazy because in comeback mode they're still going to be able to score some points um i think that there is a lot of game state where this is competitive and there's definitely game state where dallas runs away and and absolutely beats the ever-loving shit out of them and i think there's game state where uh green bay gets to gets you know gets gets home um so yeah, I think and there, there's a decent chance people are like saying very nice things about Mike McCarthy after this game. If the Dallas offense hums because of his play yeah. calling, and I think we can all agree his play calling has been pretty solid. It's very good. As, yeah. as, as like, if the offense looks good, if they put up 35, cover or not, like, people are going to be impressed with them. And then that's where you get to worry, I guess. So the other reason I don't mind, the other major reason I don't mind taking the points here. I'm not really like, and yeah, maybe they don't go to the ground to put this game away, but I'm not really scared of Dallas eating clock and doing long sustained drives and keeping playing keep away here. So I think Green Bay is going to have chances to come back. We've seen Green Bay be pretty effective in comeback mode this year. Uh, And part of the reason that they are is because their offensive line is so freaking strong. Like Dallas's defense is not going to necessarily be able to pass rush their win in, you know, their way into a win here. I think there will be chances for Dallas for green Bay to backdoor, if not just outright win. So I'm on, I'm on the pack and yeah, I don't know. Like I, yeah, I don't, I have low comp, no conviction really in anything this week, but that was probably, no, I'm I'm about to lay like yeah, a team total over thirty, so. man. I'm not super excited about that. You know, you know how long that that play is losing for. I mean, uh, most of those don't cash till the fourth quarter. True, true. Um, Rams Detroit. This is my last uh, uh, setup here. Uh, we see Detroit at minus three. It's juicy. Uh, this was three and a half at one point. For some reason, they decided to give the betters an opportunity to buy low on the Rams when everybody kind of has acknowledged that they are the team no one wants to play. The reason they're the team no one ha- wants to play is because they have a Super Bowl winning coach and a Super Bowl winning quarterback. And the Super Bowl winning quarterback has shown an exceptionally high level this season that we did not think possible. A ton of that has come at the hands of outstanding pass protection and incredible skill position group. This is probably the most complete wide receiver to, you know, pair combined with the running back outside of uh, what they have going on in San Francisco across the entire NFL. That is very cool. And Kyron Williams is getting all pro consideration uh, as with his breakout season for good reason. I think uh, LA Rams being able to win multiple ways in this game is, is a fair expectation. I think the fact that Detroit's defense has looked its best when they blitz, and that has kind of been the key to giving Stafford what he wants in terms yeah. of opportunities to knife you down the field is a bad sign. Um, so I, for, you know, for reasons, a lot of people have covered the Rams are super duper live here. I will also say though, that both teams having successful ground games to me makes the likelihood that this game gets shortened and comes in under the massive total of 51 and a half real. Big total. Uh, I played the under, I think between 51 and a half and three right now. I like 51 and a half better. Um, but, uh, yeah, this should be a good one. Primetime game. Uh, there's obviously familiarity with, uh, um, Sean McVay and Jared Goff, uh, in terms of how to defend him. There's familiarity. Uh, between Stafford and this venue where he's played a lot of football. Um, so just, just know, never a lot of boxes playoffs. here checking in favor of the Rams. Yeah, just never in the playoffs. Never. It's crazy that Stafford's <laughs> first playoff game in Detroit is coming. Is I'm sure that's been mentioned a million times this week. Not breaking news here. Um, yeah, this is one This is one where this everyone is Detroit's, seems- Detroit's first playoff game in Detroit since the 90s. Is that right? 
93 against the Packers where they were like both wildcard teams or something. Yeah, like they've been, I mean, it's been a while. We've seen, we've seen all the other, you know, the Tigers, have the Pistons been good since like the late 80s? Was there ever a run? When's the last time the Pistons were good besides the bad boy? Pistons. I was going to say the Tigers had a World Series run. I don't follow hockey at all, but it's been a while. Detroit deserves it. Not like Michigan's had a bad week, um, I guess, unless you're a Sparty fan for that. But, yeah, this is a weird one because I have not seen someone sit down and, oh, four, yeah, the oh, four champs. I was going to say I'm missing one. Like I remember in my head the Pistons being really good uh, at some point. Thank you, guys. That doesn't look anything um, like me. Chinese Drew? He doesn't have to be like you. <laughs> What if his name's just Drew and he's from China or of Chinese okay. descent? Oh, Man. Billups and Rip Hamilton. Yes. I kind of want to go watch some of that. Um, I just The fact that I haven't seen anyone sit down and make like a good case for Detroit worries me a little. Well, like, why does this seem so easy? Why am I not just betting Rams money line? I have the better coach. I have the better, you know, even with all the things we say about Ben Johnson, I still believe the Rams have the better offensive game planner the better quarterback, the better wide receivers, even with Amon Ross St. Brown out there. Like I, every, everything kind of tilts uh, LA, including defense. Like we've said, this is a secondary that's been beat like a drum at times. And if you blitz, then you, you know, Oh no, Cooper cup and single <laughs> coverage, you know, Puka down oh, the, no. down the seam with a, you know, a linebacker trying to catch up and a safety trying to get over and find him. And then in some sort of zone, like it's just going to be bad news if you try to blitz and you're not getting home. So um, that's where I'm not as keen on this oh. under as you, because I, yeah. I, think, I think the Rams could turn this into, you know, a bit of a weird spot for Detroit. Who's kind of gotten weird and turned into a running team. Like as yeah. much as this team started as an over team, it started as a, hey, it's a team that can throw and can be thrown on. They're going to have some track meets. They have two good running backs, and they've kind of taken advantage of that. So yeah. if I'm Detroit, especially without Laporta now, my game plan, my game plan, Laporta's worth something. Like he's a tight end, but it's, it's not worth a ton. But he's, he's worth something, and he's, he's worth something because the game plan has to change, and you have to continue to lean into the run. And that's where I wonder if that is that is the keep the ball out of their hands. Don't let them beat our shitty defense. Long, sustained drives because we know Gibbs and, and Montgomery can get this done. Like, uh, just, yeah. And then if it turns into – that's where I think the game state gets interesting. If, if the Rams get out to, like, a 7-10 to 10 point lead – and it's getting later. It's starting to get, you know, starting to get late early. What do you know? What do we turn into here for Detroit? Can mm. they, can they crank it back up without Laporte on the field? So here's kind of the key angle there. Ready? So good. <clears throat> What's the most important part of Laporte's game for what Detroit has done successfully? It is his red zone presence, in my opinion. I was, yeah, I was going to say red zone and third down stuff. It feels like he's always there. Yeah. That's tough to replace, <laughs> like maybe impossible. Um, the Lions are one of the better red zone teams that we have ever seen in the NFL, and a ton of that has to do with Laporta. And I can't believe we're saying a rookie po- a tight end is worth points in the playoff game, but he sure as shit is, no doubt in my mind. And so <clears throat> that creates value on the under because field goals instead of touchdowns seem more likely. Actually, you know what? 
turnover on downs instead of touchdowns seem more likely because that's what Dan Campbell's you know mantra is going to be know, in this game. Two two coaches that might be aggressive in the red zone here. I don't know about the <laughs> I, if, it, if it's close enough, if we're close enough, we'll see. I, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go look at his metrics. I, uh, it is the playoffs. Buttles tighten in the playoffs. It sucks. McVeigh's like, McVeigh's a yeah. McVeigh's a little yeah, bit of a baby. He's, yeah, I think he's middle. He's a little anti. Coming. He's a little anti Man Campbell for to a degree. Um, anyway, uh, I think there could be some turnover on downs for the Lions. I think there could be some field goals for the Rams. I think this is going to be a lower scoring game in the market by a decent amount. So under a fifty one and a half favorite play, Rams money line would be my second favorite with the current prices. And uh, hopefully, do we just get a good game because this one's going to be the most anticipated of the weekend. And actually, I've been anticipating this going back to when I did the G Stack George podcast. G String George, G. G spot, G spot, George. Yeah, me and me and G spot were um, uh, were rapping about uh, who we wanted to see in the NFC, and uh, I was kind of like, man, the Rams are sleeping giants. What if they get the six seed and we go to Detroit? And it, that that this is going on like probably eight weeks. I've been hoping for this. Um, oh, I, the Rams yeah, every, every, once, once, every, once everyone realized kicker. it was. Yeah, was, once everyone realized like that was a oh, possibility, God. we're so pumped for it. But yeah, good point oh, by yeah. Thailand here that. Um, something that goes underrated in a single elimination tournament like this, go ask Green Bay, who, you know, yeah. lost some games down the stretch. Go ask Chicago in the double doink. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, special teams can, oh, man, the double doink is so painful. Such an ugly, although they did show the Blair Super Walsh miss today because it was like the anniversary. Of oh, man. Oh, oh my, my God. God. 27 yards. Ghosts. He was Ghosts. such a good kicker, too. Um, um, yeah, right. but I'm probably going to have some plus three and some money line here. I miss who the is the now. kicker for the Rams now? Is it Brett Maher? Isn't Brett Maher circulating around the guy that missed five extra points there's, last year? There's no chance that's accurate. I Brett Maher is floating around. I don't know who the current I, kicker I is like, for the Rams. I feel they like cut Maher their, got cut their put guy. on like so it's he got it might be Brett Maher. I thought he was just a practice squad guy. Didn't they have? Crosby for a hot second, or is that the Jets? No, I think the joke was he was going to the Jets. He is a, currently he is a Ram. He is their He's kicker. A Ram. He is their kicker. God damn it! He missed an extra point in his return. Did you know that? Wait, did he kick? He kicked for the Rams last week, and he missed an extra point. That's got to be a have. joke. That's got to be a joke. They went for two. Well, they did go for two late. <laughs> Ethan Evans. Yeah, um, maybe we play some. There's going to be fun props. Brett Maher is their kicker, and he did this next report last week. That's how much I watched the late games. It didn't matter. Crosby, yeah, Crosby was a giant for a little bit. Crosby, yeah, you just see them trot him out and try to attempt a 60 yarder against the the Rams, right? It's almost like (laughs) when when we bitch about coaches or quarterbacks, it's crazy that we can't find, you know, more good 32, kickers. 32 people who can place kick. Kathy Ireland um, was a kicker, you guys. Yeah, Brett Meyer scored one point last week. He was one of two on extra points. <laughs> Not so good. That's better than over two, I guess. Um, maybe we see an aggressive uh, an aggressive McVeigh because he knows his kicker do. sucks. If it's Brett Maher undoes the Rams, I'm going to be so if he misses four extra points, it might actually matter oh this time. Because it, it was will, funny yeah. because what weren't they kicking the shit out of the team in that game? The, yeah, the they Cowboys were up game? 24-0, and it was four, four six yeah. pointers. Oh, <laughs> four six pointers. And zero extra points. 
Yeah. It was 24. Yeah, so it was like it was like it was like it was it's funny because <laughs> it was funny because it didn't matter as much. It's I know, but it's still they scored four touchdowns and it was a three-score game. <laughs> like I that know, was insane. It, it's a lot less funny when um you know, the, the, the game would be close, like in this one probably. Oof. Sure. I don't want to think right. about that. Final go game Rams. of the week is Tampa Bay, who did go out ignominiously last year to a wild card from the NFC East. They face a wild card from the NFC East again in the 4-5 matchup, although I will tell you, five power rate this year's Tampa Bay team, a little better than last year's. That team stunk. Um, that's there were some Big bad Mayfield's... teams in the playoffs last year. Baker Mayfield's, Baker Mayfield's a little beat up. Baker Mayfield's a little hurting. The market is tough, Drew. Go, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's what is the market telling you mo- about this game? Well, it's a Monday game. It's telling me that Baker, they don't think Baker's 100% because I really thought we'd see, you know, if Baker's healthy, the more, the more concerning injuries I thought were going to be on the Philly side, especially with both of your star receivers, but the fact that this is just kind of hanging at the three mm-hmm. on the road, I guess people uh, went back and watched game tape or have had some mm. information that Baker, because Baker now has the rib injury and a lower body injury, to use the parlance from uh, the NHL, where they just describe something as lower body when I can't remember if it was an ankle, knee, or whatever. But he's he looked like he was gutting it out in that game. Yes, they were playing did. a pretty bad team. Now, yes, Philly's defense has been pretty rough. It's been a long, a far cry from what we saw last year. But the other issue is that this is a Monday game, and as we've already complained about not getting much for information injury-wise, we're getting even less here because they, you know, they have an extra day to prepare, so their practice schedule is a full day back. So lots to be figured out in this one. This is probably the game I have the least kind of conviction on looking at anything, but the, you know, the Eagles lost another defensive piece that uh, rookie Sidney Brown towards ACL Sirianni says he hopes that AJ Brown and Devonte Smith can play. Obviously we all hope, but the, the good news was the <laughs> jail. I mean, the Jalen hurts finger. I was, I remember thinking like if he broke his finger, that's like, can he even play? That's bad, right. Is it, a, is it a Mariota playoff game? Is that what we're going to get? I don't want that. So <clears throat> not broken. He did just dislocate it, which that thing is still going to swell up like a motherfucker. I'd love to see what that thing looks like right now. Um, yeah, kind of waiting on injury news on this one and seeing, seeing where we're at. But if Baker is healthy, we've seen him have some games where this offense is efficient. Evans is still very good. And obviously this is just another team where, hey, this is a, what, bottom three Pass defense right now, bottom two. Mm-hmm. I don't know how yeah. far, how low you have them, but like, if Baker's healthy, I have them as Evans the twenty-eight. Is, I have them as the twenty-eighth best defense overall, and pass defense is bottom five. Yeah, big healthy Baker, super live. Obviously, Baker's banged up. This is a terrible game to watch. I think. Yeah, if 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 Baker can't spin it and let's say hurts his fingers all swollen up and he looks like shit over punts, both, yeah, th- this game could be bad. Like I'm, I'm wondering why this total isn't coming down either. Um, obviously, the best of the outdoor games. This is going to be the best weather. I was looking at possible rain, but I don't think it's going to matter too much. We're not going to get any wind down there in Tampa. But yeah, yes. kind of looking at a prime time over or under. Excuse me. Yeah, I think that uh, I played the under 45 and a half. It 
It hit 43 and a half. I read, I was kind of sensing from the Eagles number that people might know that the Eagles are going to be fine offensively. So I bought out at 43 and a half. So I'm no longer engaged in this total. I would love for it to land 44 and hit both of my bets, but I doubt that will happen. Um, and I think Tampa Bay goes in my money line round robin parlay. I have a, uh, uh, I have a all, all I have, I have a round robin six way, five dog money line and the Chiefs. Um, so far, positive CLV on all of them, except for Tampa. Um, I think, uh, I think it's live. I think it's live. Uh, let's go dogs. That'll get, that'll get you in trouble um, in the playoffs thinking too hard. <laughs> uh, I don't have anything else to say about these games. Let's, uh, let's put a pin in this then and, uh, revisit this on Saturday night. Does that work for you? I don't think I'm doing anything Saturday. We can hang out. Let's talk, uh, talk a little Chiefs fins at halftime. Comment on Taylor Swift's outfit at the uh, at Arrowhead. Oh, I bet she's going to wear the cutest jacket. I guarantee <laughs> that. <clears throat> I am um, looking lock at of the game. Uh, so it is going to be cold there by by Monday here. High of negative five for Andy. No, low no. of 14, 14 below. Yeah, oh, it's gonna get cold here. So that's terrible. Not too bad over the weekend, but it's it's about to. The the El Nino well, you know, held it up as long as we could. Yeah. Have uh, have you been watching this playoff game between the Timberwolves and the Celtics? So I have I have no idea what the score is right now, but I said I was going to bet the Celtics at the early number because of the flight issues that the Timberwolves had and missed it. And it got out to like what, 11 or something ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what is the score? Oh, the, it's a good the Timberwolves one. are winning. Yeah. The Timberwolves are bringing the heat back to Minnesota for you and the frigid cold, my friend. This is a uh, road actually, game yeah, against classic, a tough team. Cl- no, this is classic oh, Celtics. Edwards has basketball. 27 already. Yeah. Three for three Classic. from deep, Jesus. Classic um, secret secret pod. Possible. What is your favorite team total, Drew? I'll let you kind of get it. We're, we're aligned on like a few a, things. Uh, boy. Um, Should we have an under just because it's, it's the playoffs? That Detroit <laughs> under because of no Laporta? Let's just make a bet because of no Laporta on the Detroit under. A lot of ways. I mean, it's Detroit under. What is that number going to be? Like 27? Big old number. 27 and a half. 27 and a half. Yeah. Under. 27 and a half under for the Lions. I'll be on the Dallas over as well. But yeah, Lions under fading that. I bet bet some Lions team total overs over the last few weeks. But this is uh, maybe not the spot for it. So under. Ain't playing the Vikings anymore, guys. Yeah, the Saints are yeah, the Saints we'll, uh, the Saints are uh, stomp the en- situation. If you enjoy golf, watch the golf the next two nights. It's in Hawaii again, which means the tea times start super late, and you'll have some evening golf for your uh, watching pleasure while we wait for the playoff games yeah. to start on Saturday. Also, it'll keep you it'll keep you warm in the frigid mid Midwest and Northeast, apparently. Yeah, I mean, I'm just gonna watch it indoors where the heat's on. Um, where is this? Is the one in uh, Oahu, right? Uh, yes. The, this uh, one's in Honolulu. Yeah, Honolulu. On the far side of White. On the far Wiley, side of Wailea. Yeah. On Wailea. Wa- yeah. 
Wiley. What's the name of that? Uh, what's the name of that? Uh, the resort? Like Wiley Kapalua? Country Club. Wiley Kapalua Country. is yeah. Kapalua is in. Uh, that Lion was last week. That was century. That was last week. That was century. Yep. That was last. This is. Uh, and then the next five. Kahala, like in here. right? Kahala Resort. Right no, it's there. just Kapalua. No, no, the one, the one this week, like it's right next to the Kahala Resort. It's well, on the far side of town. Right? Okay. Yeah, we're cheering for Gary Woodland <clears> with <throat> a scary brain lesion and is now back healthy. Yeah, go watch that video. That sounds terrifying. He's healthy. That's not good. Um, I'm I'm cheering for Eric Cole. I'm an Eric Cole guy. I dig it. All right, well, let's wrap up here. Best of luck this weekend. I'll see you on Saturday and uh, avoid the frigid cold. Odai? You've never been to Oahu, huh? No. Maui. Surprised. Surprised. It's a uh, lot longer flight from here, buddy. <clears throat> well, no, not not relative to Maui. It's right next to Maui. No, but I'm, I'm saying just getting that way. It's easier. It. It's easier for us to head uh, Caribbean.